WIOX is supported by you and the following underwriters. Sounds Good Music House, the record shop on Main Street in Andes for new and used vinyl, including new releases and rare titles across all genres, as well as turntables, mid-century furniture, and original artwork. Sounds Good Music House buys used records, too. Open weekends and any time the doors open. More information at 845-676-6233. 845-676-6233. Or soundsgoodcatskills.com. Sweet Pea Supply Company in the hamlet of Halkettsville for fresh-made baked goods, prepared dishes, and Jane's ice cream. A general store with an international selection of chocolates, condiments, and gifts. Open Thursday through Monday, 11 to 7. Sweet Pea Supply Company, Bragg Hollow Road, Halkettsville. 607-326-6776. 607-326-6776. Weekly specials posted at Sweet Pea Supply Co. Com. The Catskill Mountain Foundation, celebrating 25 years of bringing arts to the mountaintop. With over 90 performances, 35 classes, and countless community events this year, from Grammy Award-winning musical performances to dance and art classes for all ages, including Hope Pointland Dance performing A State of Love and the Olivier Tarpega Dance Project performing Once the Dust Settles, Flowers Bloom. Event information at CatskillMTN.org. WIOX Roxbury is supported by you. And a really easy way to support WIOX is to donate your car or truck, one that you don't need anymore. You know, the one sitting out in the backfield or off the side of your driveway. We'll get the old clunker out of the way at no cost to you. But it could be worth hundreds of dollars to support WIOX. Learn more about WIOX vehicle donations at WIOXradio.org. Thank you.
are listening to WIOX Community Radio, live and local in the Catskill Mountains at 91.3 FM and MTC Cable Channel 20, 107.5 FM on the campus of SUNY Delhi and everywhere at WIOXradio.org on computers or smartphones. This is From the Forest. Every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m., talk about a different forest-related topic with Ryan and Zane. Zane, how's it going? Good. What have you been up to? I'm enjoying this nice weather. Yeah, how, how are you enjoying it? I just like being outside now. It's you know, it's not hot, it's not humid anymore. Um, just taking walks around the property where I am. Yeah, September is my favorite month. Yeah, yeah, it is because it's anticipation of hunting season, which is coming. But mm. it's uh, the woods are still, you know, the leaves are still on the trees. They're starting to get, or right before where they're going to start turning fall foliage. The nights are cool. It's warm enough during the day when. If you're camping or something, you don't have to bring a, a crap load of, like, winter gear. Mm-hmm. And uh, the sun feels warm still when it's out. It's really good. I went camping last weekend, and uh, we're going to talk about it next week on the radio show about uh, just a little three-day hike. Normally do every year since 2004 now. <laughs> been going to the same spot pretty much. Seeing how it changes is pretty neat over the last, that's almost 20 years. Every year? That's 20 years, yeah, 19 years. So that's pretty neat. We're going to talk about that next week, um, but hunting season's coming, and uh, looking forward to it. Just about, I'm out of meat, so <laughs> it is the uh, time to do it. I need it. The kids are strange children in that they don't eat chicken nuggets. I don't know what kind of kids don't eat nuggets, but they demand steak, which I didn't like steak when I was a little kid. No? No. You know, a lot of kids don't like steak when they're kids. But these, these little rascals like steak. And, of course, they like the back straps and stuff mm-hmm. the most. But that's okay. It's good meat. And need we need some more. The deer have uh, molted into their dark winter coats, although some are still in them. I saw a few bucks around with the velvet completely off their antlers. Mm. And that's exciting. So yeah, I've seen a few with those darker coats. It's like grayish, brownish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's time, you know. But um, what are we talking about tonight? Well, every third Wednesday, we have Mr. Mead, Mr. Gary Mead, talk about a different forest-related topic, usually tree species. But tonight, it's trees for framing and lumber. Gary is the former owner of Fruitful Furnishings Sawmill in Margerville and currently the owner of Gary Mead Gallery, where he makes one-of-a-kind wood art. Well, pieces. I also do custom sawing, custom drying, and, uh, you know, basically I still have a commercial mill, but I don't have uh, employees. Uh, couldn't find anybody to work, so I gave it up. Well, you're not alone, Gary. But, you know, I think that's passing us. I, uh, what is? The the lazy generation that a couple, you know, we had to deal with. I think, uh, you know, my children and grandchildren are hardworking, and so, you know, I'm, I'm banking on the, uh, you know, it's coming back again because people are getting sick of it. And we can't run our country with, you know, people on relief all the time. It's, it's, a, it's a really... It's a retarded system, and it doesn't help anything. People need to get out and work. But last month I commented on, uh, 
you know, blackberries was the month of August to pick blackberries. And, I mean, blackberries were abundant uh, this year. And I got 30 quarts. You think the quality was good? The quality was awesome. They were juicy and plump. and I thought they were soggy. No, soggy. ones I picked. Yeah, really? Yeah. I don't know where you're picking, but most of the ones I see are completely uh, infested with, um, what do you call the uh, insects that become... Um, no, my the what do you one call it? Jesus. I I picked a new Kingston up on yeah. you know my my brother has a, a blackberry patch above his house in New Kingston and most of the time it's it's an old pasture and most of the time it they're dry because you know in August is a dry month and and. Uh, they're little and they're, but this year they were plump and they were delicious and sweet. Oh my God! Mm. And there weren't a lot of bugs up there. And there mm. was, uh, I mean, I went up one night and I was picking a cord about every fifteen minutes. Maggots. That's the word I'm going. Maggots. It's I true. See from maggots. Pen- yeah, from Pennsylvania uh, East. A lot of the researchers, in my own experience, I, I agree. I think most of the blackberries were terrible, actually. Maybe where you were, they were good. Oh, they were awesome. Most of them year. were very soggy, and that's when and they're when they look soggy like that. That's actually they're infested with that whatever that insect becomes a maggot. Yeah. <laughs> so you have uh, to be careful not to be eating when they're soggy. You know what, exactly what I'm saying. A little you? protein's good. The ones I had were very seedy. <laughs> Yeah. Seedy. Yeah, so they were kind of crunchy, more crunchy than I'd like. But yeah, it was wet. It's been I, wet. I enjoyed it's the, been getting its butt whooped. The uh, autumn olive was very good. Autumn olive. A lot of those are those awesome. Great. Yeah, the autumn they're, olives they're are big. Great. They're big. They're like the size of a, like a little pea. But yeah. I got autumn olives in my in my orchard, and I think out of all the apples and grapes and blah blah blah, my kids like autumn olives the most. Nice. They're they're great. You know they want to grow. You know, they, they just want to grow. They kind of hide care. their berries, too. You don't think they're loaded and you got to lift a branch and they're all there? Hell yeah, they're there. Yeah, mine are completely loaded, and they usually are every year. Yeah, I only pick in New Kingston, and so that's the only uh, you know, place that I know. But I, they were delicious and sweet, and, and uh, they were perfect up there this year. <laughs> I don't think we might have might not have gotten as much rain up there as down, you know, more south of us. South? You think the rain was or much east. different than here? Well, east. <laughs> east. It rained a ton around here. Yeah. Well, it, but it didn't seem to affect you know, the, the berries I was picking. You must have a very special blackberry patch, Gary. It's beautiful. It must be special. Most of the years it's dry, <laughs> and I have these tiny little berries, but yeah. it had enough water. That, and it's up on a hill where the water runs off. So. Yeah, it probably gets a little air circulation. And, that probably and, had and a that lot to do helps. with it. That probably helps. Anyway, I didn't find any maggots in my blackberries. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Most of them do have that. Uh, they look uh, somewhat soggy in appearance. Almost all the ones I've seen have so that. So I feel specially blessed. That's right. There you but go. Anyway, uh, so we're talking about. I'm putting up a, a new building in New Kingston. Uh, this is the third year. I'm actually uh, working on it. But anyway, it's the biggest piece of furniture I ever made. But when we were <clears throat> Doing the framing, uh, yes, it's a 30 by 44 two-story gambrel, and 
I used uh, a lot of different species of wood for framing. I have uh, hemlock was the main main the the main wood that I used, and then uh, you know there's red pine, Scotch pine. You know, when I had logs come in in the past uh, of Scotch pine, I got some balsam pine. Uh, and uh, I guess uh, uh, cottonwoods come in and poplar come in and you know I you know years ago when I had been planning this whole thing I just sawed everything in a two by four two by eight and six and eights and two by tens and you know I stickered them and <clears throat> dried them and I've used all those species and for studs. And you know the the uh, the strength of different woods is very important. And you know the softer hardwoods are you know cottonwood, poplar, tulip. Uh, you know I I have all those species in my in my framing, and uh, you know I'm actually uh, using tulip first. You know, my bedroom floor, that sounds tulip is going on out. I have some nice wide boards. But anyway, but for the framing, all the headers and the jack studs, you know, you probably want to use something a little more durable than a, a balsam pine. But if you've got a, you know, a straight stud that's going up, just about any species of wood will do. And the cottonwood and the poplar and, and uh, the uh, 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 tulip, you can, they're a softer hardwood, so a nail will go into them, or a screw, and you don't have to worry, but, you know, if you take an oak, you know, something oak's kiln-dried, or something cherry's kiln-dried, everything has to be pre-drilled. It's a whole other uh, ordeal when you're, you're uh, building with hardwood, and... I mean, Dick Fairburn, I had to tell the story that Dick Fairburn probably 30, 35 years ago, he was building a lot of log cabins. He sawed out a lot of red pine and hemlock and and white pine and uh, uh, all these, all the pines. And I, so he had this enormous idea to saw a log cabin out of cherry. So he sawed the logs and, you know, he designed the house, sawed the logs and sent them out to have the you know, green to have them, you know, the tongue and the groove put in them, or, you know, the log, whatever, but the profile, I guess it would be called. And when he got it back, <clears throat> he had it on stickers out in the yard, and a few months went by, and those cherry logs twisted and warped, and he ended up sending them to his mill, making pallet wood out of it, because it, it really wasn't good for anything else. Now, back when they made barns, you're going to find, well, if you find chestnut, that's a gold mine, but chestnut was probably one of the most stable woods we ever had. Uh, but, you know, they, you know, the barn in New Kingston, when I was raised up there, we had beech, hard and soft maple, where they went out in the woods, they put them in green, and the the key to that and why it worked, I mean, they were hand-hewed and, you know, there were cracks and splits in them, but they didn't twist a lot because of the fact that they put these up green and 
when they use those wooden pegs, uh, they use uh, well white oak or or uh, uh, black locust for the pegs. And when they pin these together, and they had the roof over it, these logs had a long time to dry slowly. So if you know, uh, so you know, it was under cover, and you know, it was just with nature, you know, curing it slowly. Uh, the the problem with hardwood when you try to dry it too fast, it gets cranky and it it'll twist and warp and check. And a lot of the old houses even have when you're down the basement have hardwood yeah. logs. Yeah. Logs just flat yeah. on yeah. the top side where they put the floor down. It's crazy. And a lot of that was uh, uh, beach, beech nut. Well, they use hard and soft. Actually, they use soft whatever. Soft maple, too, I, see, I noticed. Whatever was growing on their property. I've seen ones of ash. Yeah. And ash, too, yeah. Hmm. And, uh, you know, back, you know, uh, 19... 19- Hundred to you know, maybe eighteen eighty, nineteen twenty. There's a lot of uh, chestnut used in in barns and beams and stuff because, I mean, that chestnut was it was an amazing species. I'm so, you know, uh, uh, yeah, kind of annoyed that we lost that species. It was the most staples, uh, stable uh, hardwood that you know we had. You could veneer over it. <laughs> It didn't, you know, expand and contract a lot. It was, it, it dried very easily, and it, it was just a, uh, an amazing wood. But anyway, we don't have that, and it'll be back someday. We're getting it back, but it'll not in my generation. No, I, I won't. Say and uh, like, you know, right now we're in a quandary of where a lot of stuff needs to be fixed, and. Uh, we're, uh, uh, you know, we're going into the future with that in mind, and you know, there's gonna be a lot more yellow or tulip poplar. I can tell you that, down in uh, Pennsylvania. Yep. They can't really regenerate cherry anymore. Black cherry in the cherry capital of the world, Western PA, near like Kane, Pennsylvania, for right. example. Yep. But they are regenerating black birch and yellow poplar. Right. You know why they think right now it's a hypothesis black cherry's not growing? Why? It's going to shock you. Acid rain has gone down. They think acid it rain has dumps nitrogen. It's like a fertilizer. And because of the Clean Air Act, it reduced the emissions. And ever since that, they've had problems with black cherry. It's getting a lot of uh, leaf diseases on the regeneration. It's just a hypothesis right now, but they did, however, do one preliminary study where they dumped fertilizer on a plot started getting black cherry regeneration over blackbirds. But right now, blackbirds is out competing black cherry with acid rain down. So that's one bad thing of not having acid rain. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, uh, they admit that maybe it's good not to have acid rain, but... Um, yeah, so black cherry. But anyway, yellow poplar is is regenerating pretty well out there. Yeah, and uh, and that's a nice a, tree. Yeah, that it's it's a. I mean, the bark of that tree is as uh, 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 an asset as as well as the lumber in it. And you know, and people, you know, I know down south they call it the bark house. You know, every spring they harvest bark off the tulip. And uh, you know, dry it, and 
you know, I'm putting it on my, well, I, I, I sheathed the bottom part of my building with five-quarter mixed hardwoods. But, you know, the top is going to be all glass and bark. And, you know, the Indians used tulip bark on their longhouses back in the day. It lasts 60 to 80 years outdoors, you know, untreated. And if you treat it, it'll outlast vinyl. It's a natural wood product. So, you know, it, because of the fact people don't know about it, they don't use it. But and, well, It's a lot more labor-intensive. Well... I mean, you do have to do something. If uh, Well, it is. It's, uh, you know, I've had... You know, I had a client, that customer that come in like five, six years ago, and I have a sample in my gallery of the tulip bark, and they wanted me to harvest it inside their house, and I get, I don't have the... Wow. Right, and you also have to be there when they fell the tree, so it doesn't get all marred up and they drag it across the forest floor. I mean, you got to mm. debark it. You should probably right then and there, I would imagine. Well, I was following the logger down around in the woods, and that didn't work out so good. So I uh, I went to Tri-State, and on a Sunday, you know, Mark worked there, and he, you know, said, ah, the machine's there, just pull them out. But, you know, there were a lot of skid marks on in it. Yeah. You know, you got about half the volume of what mm. normally you would get out of a tree in the woods. But still, I didn't mind the drag marks. I didn't mind the blue paint. I didn't mind the... The binder, you know, or the, the machine grabbed it and kind of compressed it. I mean, that's all history for, for, for you know, the logging. For, and to have it on my house, it, it was amazing. But, you know, I used tulip for studs. I used uh, poplar, cottonwood, white pine, red pine, sycamore. Uh, and they're the softer hardwoods. And, and uh, uh, hemlock. And right, so uh, softer woods are more stable. You're saying for 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 um, they don't twist framing? as much. Yep, and they're easier to drive a nail through than a hardwood frame would be. They're just as easy as a softwood. Basswood, would basswood work. Bass and basswood. I forgot about that. Yeah, one. Definitely work. basswood. And uh, but the, you know the thing about the the softer hardwoods is they're they're much more resilient and, and they're actually stronger cross-grain strength than any of the softwoods except hemlock i mean we labeled hemlock hem oak because as that ages it gets harder and harder and you know after being 50 years in service as a beam or a piece of siding you have to pre-drill it before you 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 can put a nail through it but or a screw where the screw will break off but, hemlock's yeah. a weird tree man you know I can't figure that tree out. You can't. I, no. no, I mean, I'm not talking about its wood. The wood is your world, but I'm talking about it as a tree. It's just strange. Yeah. Mike Kudish, uh, who wrote the history of the Catskill Forest, he talks about, like, how hemlock is, even before, you like, you know, uh, regardless of humans, how it's disappeared out of the fossil pollen count and stuff, but it just doesn't regenerate weir- uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> like... It doesn't regenerate under itself, really. You ever mm. notice that? What a yeah. weird freaking tree. If you go to a pure, even-age stand of hemlock, it's, there's nothing underneath. It's just needles. I know. It's it's a well, very strange yeah. tree. And then it disappears uh, thousands of years ago. I mean, Kodish could talk more better about this, but I think he, he says that it disappears from the fossil history. No one knows why. It's a mystery. <laughs> it just went away for a while, and then it came back. And it's going away right now. We know why now, because yeah. of Willie Adelja. But, but even so... 
it just doesn't regenerate itself. The only place I see it regenerating is what Kudish has made me aware of is it likes to regenerate underneath 80 or more years old oak trees. Oak and actually a hardwood forest. But but old oak, not maple per se. Oak. Mm-hmm. Because, oh, they need acid soil. Acid, and I think it's also they let in a little more light right. through the crowns of oak, whereas maples, maybe, I don't know. It's just very strange. Well, they like, a, you know, acid, oak and hemlock, they like the acidity soil. And right, but but when, apparently is maybe too acidic under its own needles, though. Is yep. my, I mean... Well, yeah, I'm I'm quite sure of that. But We're too shaded. You know, too we shaded. did hemlock one of the first times we discussed that species. Uh, you know, I read an article where a hemlock will sit dormant underneath a, a, a hardwood forest for 100 years, you know, wait for it to, the hardwood forest to disappear, and then they take over. Right. So the longevity in that, there's something to be said about that. I mean... Few trees are have that have that ability. I don't think I've, I don't take any trees. What there. about no? It's the most shade tolerant, but um, in our forest, what about uh, you know the the age and and growth rate of a tree? Like if it's stunted like a hemlock and it's been growing there uh, for fifty or more years and it's only ten inches in diameter, right. those rings are going to be really close together. How does that, as a wood guy, how does that matter? It makes it more stable. And yeah, yeah, it's stronger, to work with. more stable, and then larger growth rings is what you're saying. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, the larger growth rings have. I mean, in between the rings is is a, a you know a softer kind of a fiber, basically. Like and, summer wood or whatever. And yeah, and it's uh, you know the the growth ring is actually they're tough. I mean. There are, uh, I mean, it's, uh, there's a lot of strength in it. But, you know, the most stable wood is the ones with the closer growth rings. Hmm. And, you know, a lot of the manufactured studs, you know, and spruce, that's another one I I didn't mention in my building. Uh, Wait, which one, you think? For the studs. No, but I mean, which spruce? Do you know? Well, I have, uh, I, I have actually have both. I have uh, uh, Norway spruce and I have... Uh, white spruce, okay, which is native. Well, the white's not the, the Catskills, really. Well, it, it's Man. the white spruce and the Norway Norway spruce are they're they're the same species, but they're kind of they're different. Uh, the oh. Norway spruce won't last outdoors as 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 good as a white eastern white. I mean, I should clarify that it's native to New York. It's just more north of us, white spruce. Right. And the Adirondacks is where you start, I think, picking it up. But around here we have red spruce, which doesn't... There's some big red spruce, but they're all on top of the mountain for the most part, unless you live in that weird area of Tannersville where it comes down in the valley. But uh, Yeah. Upper Schoharie. But that, what about... You ever work with red spruce? Uh, I've bought spruce logs, and I probably have, but... I don't know. Because that's you know, a slower, it probably has tighter growth rings, I would imagine. That's the one that's highly sought after for making musical instruments. When I was at school at the Ranger School, they there was poachers that would come in timber trespass right on the side of Route 3. Sitka, I think they labeled it. I don't know. It, no, it was for the pretty yeah. value for that, too. Maybe not around here. But. For what, musical? Yeah. 
Very I, I thought the red spruce was supposed to be, though, the best. Because the they have Norway up there, too. Well, I had, yeah, I had people come to me, and, and, you know, I had spruce, and, you know, they go, you know, musical instrument guys, and they go through, and they say, oh, no, this isn't it. The, you know, what we're looking for, it's... The red spruce has a very tight green. Right. That's when they take a quarter of an inch of that and veneer or three sixteenths and veneer over something. It's also beautiful looking. Can't, yeah, it's extremely, I mean. The only reason why I know is because, uh, <laughs> believe it or not, in the forest preserve when I was younger as a ranger, uh, you couldn't use motorized tools to clear the trails. So we would clear saw log sized red spruce with axes. And uh, it's beautiful wood. You get to know the wood really well by just yeah. uh, axing through it. It smells great, but yeah. Well, it's kind of reddish or pinkish like the uh, 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 larch. Oh, yeah? It's kind of got that. Because larch is very red. And larch, larch is kind of hard, right? Larch For is, softwood. Yeah, it's really a... Uh, I, I have that... You know, I ne- there's not enough of it. That I never saw that into... You know, framing lumber, but that would be another, you know, good framing lumber, especially for posts and beam if you want to, you know, see it. It looks like cherry. I mean, you can't, uh, unless you're, you know, really uh, uh, educated about it, you look at a piece of larch and a piece of cherry, and they basically is about the same color. And, you know, the the larch actually, as it oxidizes like cherry, gets darker and darker. And, you know, larch is another one that, that kind of, uh, uh, with age, it gets stronger. Soft maple does that. Some woods kind of break down. Other ones, you know, seem to get, uh, you know, harder and stronger for some reason. But What about sugar maple? Does it do that? Sugar maple stays basically the same. Yeah. It it'll it'll turn an amber color over time, you know. Uh, when it, the more light, the more amber it'll get. But you know, butternut is probably. I mean, I, you could use that for framing too. But I would never use a butternut for a stud and then sheath over it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. it, would, it would be. Uh, it would, but you know, that's a softer hardwood. But butternut is. Probably the only species of wood that I know, if it's indoors, it doesn't change color over time. I mean, it, with with minimal light. Outdoors, it'll gray up, you know, in the sunlight and whatnot. But indoors, you know, I put butternut in my bathroom 35 years ago, and it's the same color as the day I put it on my ceiling. And black birch, you, you use that much? Sweet birch, black birch? I've sought it and used it, but I I don't have, you know, I, I never took one section of my home or any of that and, and did an experiment on it. But yeah. see, with my new construction, I have the ability to do that now. We may have to get to know that tree a little more because it's going to be... It's coming. No, it's, yeah, it's coming <laughs> for sure, everywhere. And it's it's beautiful, and it's, yeah. you know, I, I have birch. I always keep a little bit of everything on hand down there, but birch wasn't one of the ones that, you know, uh, come in low grade uh, to the mill. And if it did, you know, I sawed it into, you know, a dolly frame boards and kiln dried it and it went through the mill i i never saved much of, of the the black birch i got a load of white birch one time and uh, uh 
you know, a whole tractor trail load, and I couldn't believe they had a whole stand of, you know, these are 12, 15, 18-inch wide boards. Must have the biggest white birch trees that, you know, you can imagine, and, mm. and straight and beautiful. Mm. And, it's kind of rare. And I saved some of that out and, uh, you know, and labeled it, and that'll be going in my house too, but, you know, my in my my workshop and and garage whatever well if you're just uh tuning in you're listening to from the forest every wednesday 6 to 7 p.m tonight's topic is trees for framing and lumber with gary mead we talk to gary every third wednesday
All right. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to From the Forest every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m., talk about a different forest-related topic. It's Todd Rundgren. And tonight's topic is Trees for Framing and Lumber with Gary Mead. So, Gary, what's next? Well, cedar's on the list, but... Yeah, you know, what about cedar? Uh, unless, unless I was going to use... Uh, you know, be able to see the cedar, I wouldn't frame it up like a butternut inside the wall. I mean, if you're doing a post and beam or you're doing an existing, uh, 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 like, cathedral ceiling, you know, the cedar would be nice. And, and Talking about white cedar or red cedar or what? Well, red cedar is prettier. Uh, it'll last a lot longer. It's, you know, but, you know, it doesn't, uh, I mean, red cedar has that, that cedar aroma, which is pretty cool, but you know, after maybe a year or two in your house, kind of seals out, and you know, if you sand it down, the smell will come back a little bit. You know, probably a lot, but you know, it seems to kind of seal it up. You know, standing in the air, uh, uh, you know, out in the air, but in a closet. You know, when you close a closet and it's a confined area, it doesn't get a lot of light. That's where the cedar comes in, cedar chest. Because, I mean, you could take a 100-year-old cedar chest and you flip the lid open and it just hits you in the face. And it's it's awesome. It's, you know, that. Uh, but, you know, I bought some western red cedar, I don't know, 15 years ago. And it's all V-grooved and, you know, I saved it for my house. And, you know, I had lots of times to sell it but you know i don't want to i want to put it in my closets and, and all my closets in my house and and uh different areas of my house i'm going to use red cedar and uh you know so i have uh you know every time I open my closet you get that blast of cedar it's it's a beautiful thing it's a different smell than eastern red cedar eastern uh Similar. no eastern is actually uh uh more more fragrant than the western and uh but the eastern is tighter green i mean western red cedar a hundred year old tree is 18 to 24 inches in diameter yeah. eastern red cedar <laughs> you'd be lucky if it's six inches eight inches you know, yeah uh, uh for the for the most part yeah 12 inch cedar is uh, red cedar is pretty big it is and it you know it takes about 100 years to get that that big but and the grain in red eastern red cedar because i have this piece at the gallery it's called eastern meets western and it's a hull tree and the base of it is eastern i mean western red cedar and i have some old growth you know uh pole for that i hang the hooks on what's eastern red cedar and uh you know i carved the top a little so you can see the the sapwood and then it goes into the the pink and then the deep red center and you know all you have to do is kind of you know i have a um, a wooden mallet if i just tap on the top it, it just explodes fragrance mm. but the base of it if i do the same thing with that mallet I really get no, no, uh, uh, unless you actually sand it, then the smell comes out of it. But anyway, but I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't use red cedar as a stud in a wall, but I would use it, you know, uh, for window trim or something of that nature. It's, and that's another wood that nails, uh, without having to drill it. 
And uh, I, the western cedar is not as hard as, as the eastern cedar as well. Eastern cedar, because it's got a tighter grain, it's, it's a, a lot, uh, lot denser and a lot harder than the uh, western. But the western has a good fragrance to it. <clears throat> And but it's just not as strong. It's not as eastern cedar is purple almost. The the rest western is you know it's 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 more of a brownish kind of a red you know not really a purple purple. But the the eastern cedar is a uh, you know I don't know where I'd ever find you know logs big enough to saw. Uh, you know I you know I, most poles and whatnot with uh, uh that they build you know uh, uh little uh what the heck do they call them on your property you know gazebos and stuff gazebos and yeah. stuff they're all made out of you know the yeah you ever go to mohawk mountain house green poles yep they got them all over the place on the yep. rock faces and cliff sides they're really pretty yeah they are beautiful but you get eight inches in diameter it's pretty big yeah usually and they're quite old. Very common where I grew up. Yeah. In the town of Gardner. Uh, because it's a pioneer, comes up in the old fields down there. And, yep. it's and my the whole white, backyard growing up is, to this day, red cedar. The white cedar grows a lot faster, and, and they get a lot bigger in diameter. I've seen, mm-hmm. you know, white cedar on people's lawns that they planted and you know here and there that are you know 16 18 inches in diameter and you know 50 50, 60 years old that tends to rot from the middle i've climbed up some of those and removed some for people and they they get they get the ants inside yeah start rotting out but that's a true cedar the white cedar um red eastern red cedar is kind of a misnomer it's really a juniper Uh uh-huh you know just just to confuse the crap out of everyone. Yeah, it's big. not really eastern red cedar is not really a cedar. Well, I love the berries <laughs> on a, on a western e- eastern cedar. There, it's a weird tree, man. It's a weird tree. Yeah. It's a conifer, yet it has it's technically <laughs> a cone, cone, but it's like yeah. a berry. It's a strange. It's a strange guy. Yeah, you can't put it in a box. Yeah, well, that's that's actually good. Yeah. Yeah, the white cedars like more limestone soils. I know back in Syracuse, um, they were everywhere. Yeah. The really lime, limey soils, alkaline soils, and they did really well there. But, yeah, I've never seen a, a eastern red cedar get as big as a white cedar. Yeah, they grow naturally, uh, yeah. you know, in your wet areas in the Adirondacks. And then there's Atlantic white cedar, which we had Forrester Bob Williams on a, few, a couple weeks ago from New Jersey talking about how they grow down there near yeah. the ocean. Those are both true cedars, but the eastern red cedar is a weird tree. Yeah. Oh, it's a beautiful tree. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's you a know. nice tree. I mean, the sapwood doesn't last, you know, when you build with it outdoors. But, you know, we used to use it for fence posts. And basically, Dad always said, you know, we would peel the bark off uh, as uh, we were putting them in. You know, most of the time the bark would fall right off, and you know mm-hmm. when you hit them, it shocks them, and we'd peel the bark right off because basically it was just like three or four inch round poles with points on them. And Dad always said, "You gotta take the bark off, or it'll rot." And but you know the, you know over maybe six, seven years, the uh, the sap would would uh, you know kind of deteriorate on the outside. Yeah. But leaving the bark on, you know, Dad said that. 
you know, mites and bugs will get in there. And, the, and then, you know, once they, they were eating the sapwood and destroying that, you know, it kind of affects the, the heartwood a little bit. And, and Probably. Yeah. I don't know. I have some that are in the yard over 10 years, posts and grape trellises and stuff. And Was the bark on? Wood, they're fun. Yeah, I never did the bark off. Uh-huh. I just looked at the, uh, I listen to what Hoppy says. You know, you take the ones with the biggest heartwood yep. and use those. And so far, so far. I mean, you know, 10 to 15 years is kind of the rule of thumb. Yeah. But they're past 10 years now. Yeah. And the bark hasn't fallen off yet. No. Huh? When did it's you like cut I them? put them in? Hmm. Ten, over ten years ago. No, but what time of year did you cut I them? I probably cut them in the summer. Huh? I don't remember. Summer uh, or fall? Well, you know, just because people Aug- yeah. August, September, October, the bark is stuck fast to them. Pretty. Much. Yeah, I don't think it was in the but spring. If you cut them in the spring. The bark won't. I mean, that's when we were always building fences. We always bought. You know, a little cedar post in the spring, and you know, by the time they dumped them on in a pile, you know, most of the bark would just slide off anyway. Yeah. And that's probably why Dad bought them in the spring, because if he bought fall cut, the bark would, wouldn't come off. I just cut my parents. What's that? I just cut cut them at my parents. Yeah. You know? it's just like I said, they're everywhere. Just thin them out. It's a Gardner Town tree there. Eastern red cedar, but uh, well, Cypress, what else you got? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sh- sure. Cypress, I've uh, Cypress, yeah, I have no experience. They're to protect the species, I wouldn't want to use that for too many studs, but we don't, I don't uh, think everywhere uh, that doesn't grow around here, does it? No, but people use them. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Douglas fir, and that's a soft Douglas fir, I guess, is the most popular for framing in the, in the country. Cypress, Douglas fir. Oh, Doug fir, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's another western tree. Yeah, but yeah. I guess that's... But that's beautifully grained. And is it? That has a, 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 a... That has a reddish color, too. And that's very pretty. And, uh, you know, I processed... Uh, all this summer, I processed quite a bit of it, because people bring it in, to, and they're building staircases out of it now. You know, they use those three-inch treads. Hmm. They get them from Wilders, but, you know, it isn't kiln-dried, so it comes to me, and, you know, I don't kiln-dry it, but I I air-dry it for a little while, and I get it down below 20%. You mean, do you have to? And then I'll process it. What? Do you have to kiln-dry it? Obviously not. I, I, I haven't yeah. thrown any in the kiln. Uh, actually, I can't say that uh, for a company down the line, I they sent me some some of that, and I I kiln dried it. And it dries okay. It just uh, I don't think it's necessary to dry it uh, unless you're making furniture. But you know, for stair treads and stuff, below twenty percent, it seemed to work. But you know, uh, when they uh, it takes about you know four to six months to air dry it enough to to start processing it. Because when it comes in green, you put it through the planer, it, it just tears it out, and it, you know it it, it like it, it just uh, it does a crappy job. So, so what do you think is an, an underutilized wood for framing or lumber in the Catskills? If you had to pick one, uh, I would say spruce. Yeah, yeah. Got a lot of Norway spruce out there. Yeah, yeah. Spruce and uh, 
Actually, red pine, there's quite a few stands of that, and for some reason, red pine got a kind of a, a bad rap along the way. And uh, But, you know, my experience in using it is it's stronger than white pine. It's as stable. It, blue stains a little bit faster than than the white pine and for some reason the bugs like it more <clears throat> when it's green when it's dry nothing touches it how's that i mean that's one of the harder softwoods how's that to work with the red pine it's easy yeah. i mean it's uh and you know that's another thing i want to talk about too a little bit is uh when you're sawing out a post and beam construction <clears throat> you know i did a job uh, about five six years ago and they had me saw, this is all red pine, they had me saw everything two inches over on each side, and we kiln dried it. And then they actually paid me to resaw it, which I thought was kind of kooky. But when I got done with the job, I was so, it was so beautiful that, you know, if, if you're doing a hardwood post and beam, like oak or cherry or whatever, and you take your time, you air dry the logs for a couple of years, and then you know, put them in the kiln and dry them, and when they come out, resaw them. Your timbers are completely square, and they're not twisted, they're not warped, and they may have a few checks in them, but actually most of the checks even even get, you know, saw out of them. And if you're going to do a post and beam that is going to be heated, I mean, if it's just a, a post and beam where it's a pavilion, yeah, I don't go through all that trouble. But if you're going to put heat in your house, because I know a guy that put a red oak in his house, and you know they twisted. I mean, he used 15, 16 foot, you know, logs that were I think six by twelve or eight by twelve, and and I mean for two or three years, you know, at night when the heat was on, he hear. Pop, bang, oh. boom, <laughs> and oh. they'd open and twist and oh, no. and uh, but you know if you air dried them a couple of years and then resawed them, that's the way to go with that. But anyway, I have a a poem I wanted to read before we uh, close out tonight. This is called Angel, and I don't know. I was sitting around the other night. I wrote this nine eighteen twenty three. I was home for lunch, and I was thinking about uh, this one particular time on the farm. Was this, was the summer of 1968 on the dairy farm. Boy Scout troop came up from Long Island, camped in our woodlot out past the pond, clear nights in the mountains looking at the stars, working on getting their merit badges, cooking some food over an open flame, also learning to cook in hot embers. Out in the fields, identifying many plants, fishing in the small Platico brook with nothing but bread on a hook. Landed some quite decent trout and caught pollywogs, minnows, and frogs. Most of these boys were very kind, but you know, there was one named Angel picked on my family and I for looking so poor and smelling like the barn. On and on he picked all week long. 
And one evening, Angel and his friend came by to watch Brother Gene and I milk the cows. Angel went on with disrespectful puns. I looked at Gene and looked back at me. We had had about all we could take. We took this mean-ass kid down to the barn floor. His friend watched, seeming to like what he saw. I guess he had had enough of Angel as well. My brother and I tied some rope around his legs, hauled Angel upside down and let him hang, holding his weight up with his bare hands on the cow manure barn floor underneath him. At first he was angry, demanding we let him down. His friend was grinning from ear to ear. A short time later we did let him down. And it seems the disrespect he was harboring ran right out of the top of his head. He apologized for all the bad things he had said. And we walked him back through the woods to his tent. His scoutmaster was a bit angry at him and asked Angel where he had been. Gene and I thought, sure, he would turn us in. But he said, I've been hanging out with my new friends. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jesus, Gary. <laughs> Set him on to a confession. Good thing the statute of limitations are <laughs> So, anyway. Now, I it guess was, you guys are all kids. So, uh, oh, yeah, we were. Uh, I think I was 68. I was like 14 years old. But, uh, you know, uh, it's just... Just go on Facebook and find them. Reminded somebody that, you know, they really needed to be changed their ways a little bit. Well, what was he saying? Live just up mean to things? His name. What? What was he saying? Just mean things? Well, he's, you know, saying how, you know, you know my clothes were raggedy and it smelled like the barn. And it was just on and on with all these derogatory things about country folk and the way they lived and blah, blah. And... He was so much better and whatever, but you know, uh, we—I think I—we fixed him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it didn't hurt because you know he didn't rat us out. He—I think he had a little respect for for us at that point, and uh, you know, but we put up with it for a whole week before we we went off the deep end. But anyway. Well, we didn't hurt the little bastard. All right, Gary. So anyway, um, <laughs> any other stories you want to share today? <laughs> <Yeah. Gary? laughs> no, that's about it for that. Um, every once in a while, I, I. Uh, any other confessions or? Never, uh, never met an older brother. Semi, what's that? <laughs> no. His older brother didn't come down and straighten no. things out. No, actually, my older brother was out somewhere. He was he wasn't he didn't like farming that much, and he always found other places to be. My brother Gene and I, we basically and my dad, we ran that farm. Well, we're just about out of time here on from the forest. And if you missed the show, we we're talking about uh, different trees that are good for framing and lumber with Gary. We talk to Gary Meat every third Wednesday. Um, usually about a different Catskills tree. Um, but uh, next week, we are talking about um, yeah, a little hike in the woods that I had over the last week. Had some beautiful weather. Uh, three days of just low humidity and you know perfect weather. Can't complain. 
And we got about 30 seconds left. Um, Zane, next do you have a uh, – no, you don't have anything going up. There's a mushroom walk coming up in October. Check yep. out the events, Catskill Forest Association's events. What's up? Yeah, I was agreeing with you. There's yeah. a mushroom walk coming up, a mushroom inoculation workshop. You can find out about those and sign up for them at the CFA website. But that's all the time we have tonight, and have a good night. Yeah, peace, everybody. Good night. Oh, the neon lights were flashing and the icy wind did blow. The water seeped into his shoes and the drizzle turned to snow. His eyes were red, his hopes were dead, and the wine was running low. Then the old man came home from the forest. His tears fell on the sidewalk as he stumbled in the street. A dozen faces stopped to stare, but no one stopped to speak. For his castle was a hallway and the bottle was his friend And the old man stumbled in from the forest Up a dark and dingy staircase the old man made his way His ragged coat around him as upon his cot he lay Children